2: Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellasai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Okay, she's drinking. (laughs) Hey, Matt.
0: I just took a swig of... A forty dollar bottle of champagne out of oh, a bottle yeah. thought it'd be a great idea. It wasn't. <laughs> Here. Also, I'm pretty sure that my butt is bruised, so. Um, that was yeah, for that's my you combo. to fill me
2: up, but you just. Took my glass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt just handed me a glass and I just took it, assuming he was letting me use his glass. Nope, pouring it out for him. Ooh, hear those sounds of the. Yeah.
2: I was like, "Where's that static coming from?" <laughs> it's the bubbles. It's the bubbly. Cheers. Anyway, we're going to kick things off today, as always, with Worst Things First, where I talk about the worst news of the week. After that, we're whipping our hair back and forth and also talking shit about it. That's right. We're diving deep into hair. And finally, our guest complainer this week is Stacy frickin' London. Yes, it's true. The what-not-to-wear goddess graced us in the studio. We had so much fun talking with one another. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's all get bangs and start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week first. Authorities in Old Louisiana. Wow. Are you from there? <laughs> nope. Couldn't
0: tell. Um,
2: say a woman who worked at a medical clinic has been arrested for selling fake doctors' notes to high school students so they can get out of class. Nice. <laughs> get your coin, girl. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is what I call an entrepreneur. Mhm. Yeah, she's a shiro. She's an icon. She's a businesswoman. Uh, yeah, anybody who says this is wrong is anti-women in business. Stem. Don't shame her Truly STEM for starting her own hustle. This is how it's done. I want Charlize Theron to play her in a movie.
0: <laughs> I would watch it.
2: I would absolutely watch it.
0: Blockbuster hit.
2: So it's a 52 year old. Her name is Belinda Gale. Of and that's course, her name is her la- Belinda Gale. I haven't even gotten to her last name. What? <laughs> Those—that's her first and middle name, I guess. I love it when like a, a woman has two first names like that, but mm-hmm. they're not like it's not a Mary Beth. Mm-mm. It's not your typical like oh Debbie Lou. No,
0: it's just like two random names put together into one.
2: <laughs> right, Belinda Gale. And then another name. Um, She was charged with uh, filing or maintaining false records because she, yeah, she worked at a medical office um, and she was found to be selling medical excuses for $20 each. It's like a bargain. Well, I guess they found out because at least two students had received excuses on 14 occasions. (laughs) Which means each of these, they each paid, what is that?
0: Uh, Don't ask me, you're the math guy here.
2: They each paid seven, okay, between, let's say they each got seven of them times 20 is, that can't be right, 140? Sure. Yeah, that is right. (laughs) You are tipsy. (laughs) 140 bucks to get out of class seven times. That seems reasonable. Yeah, definitely. Right. I'd absolutely pay that to get out of something once. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I have. Let's I always say, whenever I buy a ticket to an event, you have to decide whether, you're, whether it's worth that amount of money twice. Once when you buy the ticket and twice on the day of when you're like, do I even care enough <laughs> to actually go?
0: Oh, that's like the most wise financial advice you've ever given.
2: Right. I mean, have you already spent the money? Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well. But sometimes I'm like, it's worth $140 for me not to leave my house. Amen. So I'm just going to stay on the couch mm-hmm. and not go... I mean, I did do that. I accidentally slept through our viewing of Downton Abbey.
0: Yeah, and the tickets were actually $150. No, they
2: were $20. But still, I absolutely forgot we were supposed to go and I slept through it.
0: It's fine. I watched it alone. I didn't. I was with two other friends. <laughs> oh my God.
2: Good next! Delta Airlines has agreed. I don't know if you heard about this story. No,
0: but I don't like Delta, so I'm excited (laughs) to see where this is going.
2: Well, they got in some shit because someone um, watched a version of Booksmart, the movie, and Rocketman, the movie, and noticed that they'd cut out... Oh the like LGBT sex scenes oh. from both of those movies. Yeah,
0: they edit their movies on the planes. Right.
2: And someone was like, You're literally editing like for Book Smart, I guess they'd edit it out like a bathroom uh, scene? Well, there's, yeah, there's definitely, like, a lesbian sex scene. But then there's even, like, Kisses, where they were, like, they edited them out. And, like, everybody got super mad, obviously. Yeah, because it's a perfect um, movie, and you're and ruining so, it. Yeah, I, they finally agree that they will show unedited versions of both movies uh, after catching Flack. Um, Yeah.
0: You know what else they should catch Flack for? The fact that they had a new airplane with no motherfucking outlets on it. For an across-country flight. Every, yeah. That's insane.
2: It's like, this is 2019. It's a
0: new plane. Who makes a new plane without outlets?
2: I want a fleshlight at every <laughs> uh, every seat. I want to be able to watch full-blown bareback gay sex on my screen. <laughs> and I want to be able to plug in my uh, my electronic dildo.
0: That's all we're asking for, Delta. Next!
2: A high school student in Florida, only in Florida, was busted last week for allegedly trying to hire a hitman to murder a school staff member. (laughs) Allegedly. Um, Even though he admitted to it. Officials claim that the 18-year-old wrote to another student on Instagram and said, I need a guy who could kill someone.
0: I mean, I don't know how else to find a hitman.
2: Right. And then you offered the student $100,000 to kill the unidentified staff member. And at some point said, no joke, I need him eliminated as soon as possible. Damn. I'm just like, what happened between you and the staff member that would make $100,000? Like, oh, you didn't turn your assignment in in time? But you have $100,000. So... That's more than I have.
0: It's more than that. Teachers <laughs> making, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah,
2: you just could give the pay teacher hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, if you take half of that. That's like five teachers' salaries. Yeah. In Florida, you know how much you could buy with that? A whole lagoon. A whole lagoon.
0: Lagoons are in Florida, right? Why not? All right.
2: When detectives interrogated him, he admitted to sending the messages, but said it was just a joke. Even though he said, quote, no joke, I need him eliminated (laughs) as soon as possible. (laughs) Um, After his arrest, he was transferred to the county jail, uh, according to the Tampa Bay Times. Um, Yeah, and uh, the local sheriff was like, it doesn't matter if someone says, I was joking. You can't jokingly hire a hitman as a, as a joke, okay? It's like, oh, it's like comedy is nothing anymore in this town. It's like you can't even jokingly say I want to hire a hitman for $100,000 to kill this teacher I don't like anymore in this, uh, in this culture. PC culture. Uh, PC culture is ruining everything. Ugh, I hate it. Next! An Australian man who suffered numerous sinus infections over an 18-year period was finally relieved after doctors told him the cause of his problems was a packet of pot that he stuck up his nose (laughs) before going to prison, and then he forgot about it for 18 years. Classic. I'm not saying anything because I'm laughing. I... <laughs> you know that thing when you stick oh up uh, a rubber balloon full of pot up your nose and then you forget about it for nearly two decades?
0: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> I just like, I don't. what has gone wrong in your life where you absolutely just forgot that you shoved a balloon full of marijuana up your nose?
0: Especially when you're in jail. I feel like I don't. You have
2: nothing but time to think I... <laughs> about what is up your cavities.
0: Oh, my God. Did he smoke it?
2: No, he forgot. Oh, after the twenty years, yeah. I don't even think it's pot at that point anymore. <laughs> it's mostly booger. Was he
0: high all the time?
2: I guess just a microdosing.
0: Yeah, that's the the beginning of microdosing. He started the trend. Yeah, credit due. You know,
2: the man uh, he went to the doctor complaining of headaches, and then a CT scan showed what looked like a calcified lesion. <laughs> Drag name. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. calcified lesion <laughs> um when surgeons went in for a closer look, they ended up removing what the report described as a rubber capsule containing degenerate vegetable plant matter same <laughs> i'm I'm degenerate vegetable plant matter. <laughs> At that point, the man remembered an incident in which he was about to go to prison and his girlfriend gave him a parting gift of some weed in a rubber balloon that he inserted up his right nostril but ended up inhaling it further than he expected to the point where he thought he had swore. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much happening in that moment. <laughs> this girl, he was, it doesn't say what he was going to jail for. Just I'm that, assuming drugs. Probably. <laughs> probably drugs. And his girlfriend was like, Here's a parting gift and he More drugs. Right. More drugs. And then he was like, Thank you so much. I'm gonna snort this water balloon of weed. So
0: why wouldn't you put it in your butt? I oh, know, they they look in your butt. I don't know what Australia does.
2: Australia? Uh,
0: Do they look in your butt? <laughs> That's not at all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't He should have put it in the stomach pouch that all Australians have.
0: Ah, uh, yes, yes. His, where the joeys are.
2: Right. His mm-hmm. marsupial pouch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No,
0: he decided to snort it and then thought he swallowed it from snorting it so
2: hard. And then for 20 years, um, forgot about it. And finally... Krispy Kreme Donuts is telling a Minnesota college student to stop buying donuts and reselling them in Minnesota. So basically, Minnesota has no Krispy Kremes.
0: That's a tragedy.
2: Yeah. Oh, whose fault is that? Krispy Kreme? Uh, My town that I grew up in had like seven Krispy Kremes. At least. No, it had one. Well, it was like the Eagleton. They had the (laughs) Krispy Kreme. We only had Dunkin'.
0: I think on Thursday mornings in Homeroom, it was expected that, like, someone would bring donuts and, like, or, like, they would, like, bring a morning thing. And if you didn't bring Krispy Kreams, you were really looked down upon. So, yeah, like, you had to bring them.
2: Yeah. Krispy Kreme was, uh, I feel like there was a moment when Krispy Kreme, like, hit the scene. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that was like, oh, now you're, like, that's, like, the fancy donut. I
0: haven't had one in so long.
2: I know. They had, like, a, a cinnamon swirl one. Whoa. Ugh. You put that in the microwave? Oh. I put my dick right in that. Oh, God damn it. I both put it in in me and through me.
0: And that's what this guy in Minnesota was just trying to, <laughs> trying to spread that love, share that yeah. experience.
2: So he would drive 270 miles, buy donuts, buy like hundreds and hundreds of donuts. And he would drive them all the way back from Iowa, 270 miles, and then sell them. Uh, he would charge seventeen to twenty dollars per box. Okay, wow, profit
0: margins. <laughs> and they are
2: high. It's been a while since I bought a dozen donuts. I don't I don't know how much they are. I imagine they can't be more than like six bucks. Yeah, we're looking it up. <laughs> According to this website that popped up, a dozen original glazed crispy cream typically cost around eight dollars. Um, if you get specialty donuts, it might go up a few bucks. Still, he's working with some hefty margins. He wasn't getting a discount. He was paying full price.
0: Yeah. Once again, I would say entrepreneur.
2: Yeah. And then uh, the local news like did a story about him exposing in the mainstream media. Uh, they were like, hey, here's this local hero who's bringing Krispy Kreme to our community. And then Krispy Kreme found out about it. And they were like, not on our watch. And then they put a big old glazed cummy hand and they slapped it down.
0: They should open up a store and let him be their manager.
2: Yeah. Pay him. Pay him what you owe him. All right. Well, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're going to dive deep into that messy mop on your head. We're diving deep into hair. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, well, technically, it's no shave November which i briefly inadvertently participated in. What? All thanks to depression and laziness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this morning i shaved today, but like yeah, it was getting real. I looked real serial killer Can you
0: grow a beard?
2: Um, not not a beard per se. I don't know. I don't know if i i would call it, I would classify it as that. Is
0: it like patchy?
2: It's not patchy. It just looks weird. Okay, that's not I don't have the jawline for a beard. I don't know. You know how some. You can
0: grow hair on your face, though, right?
2: I can. Physically, you're able to. I can. I should say, my answer is, yes, I can grow a beard. No, I shouldn't. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Like, technically, I have the capability, but I shouldn't be able to. The fact is, hair is disgusting, and it's gross, and it's unnecessary, and what better time than now, when everybody starts growing out their winter coat, to take a stand against the hair lobbyist, who insists on telling us that hair is good. And listen, I'm predominantly Italian, which means most of my head hair is thinning. But most of my body hair looks like a drain after a Mario and Luigi bathtub orgy. And as a gay, I am biologically programmed to find a Henry Cavill-esque hairy chest bonerific. And yes, almost all of my sexual crushes are hairy men or men named Harry. But still, hair is a scourge, hair is a nuisance, hair is suffering, and life would be so much better if we all just look like those scary skin cats, and we could all just collectively walk around looking like bald nutsacks. So let's get into it. This is why hair can suck my dick. (laughs) First of all, hair is just unnecessary. It's 2019. The globe is what? Warmth. Evolution needs to catch the fuck up and realize I don't need a full bush just to keep myself from starving in the winter. Who needs hair when most of the world is literally on fire? I'm just saying, it's not like we need it to be warm. Mm -mm. Although... I do think you probably, I do wonder how much colder I would feel without any body hair.
0: There's a way to find
2: out. No. I just don't need, I don't need this much fur.
0: Yeah, I don't either, especially when I like in high school would go, (laughs) I would like go to get my eyebrows threaded and then they would look at my arms and be like, you you want to do your arms too?
2: I'd be like, bitch, no. I every time cry. I go get my haircut and th- that's what they did. They'll look yeah. at my eyebrows and they'll be like, You wanna do those? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Stick no to ass. One part. <laughs> right. Can we focus on one problem at a time? Which brings me to my next point, which is that hair just requires too much maintenance. 99% of my my daily bathroom habits would be a null. If I just didn't have any hair anywhere. And yet, the act of removing hair is just embarrassing and painful. I had to go to a special salon just to have some Russian lady rip hot wax off of my nut sack. Oh, God. Or laser them away. Oh. Yeah, that's the fancy stuff.
0: I just don't trust lasers.
2: No, I just don't, I don't know how people find establishments where they trust someone to do that mm-hmm. on their very private parts. Mm-hmm. I personally have never done it professionally.
0: You've just like, <laughs> gone to a back alley and had someone laser your dick?
2: Right. I only do, I only go to amateur shops. <laughs> but it's like how, I feel like, yeah, how do you trust like Yelp reviews of of uh, that I just don't trust any Yelp reviews, TBH. Yeah, because I'm like, this is all the owner wearing various wigs and mustaches.
0: Also, why have hair when there are wigs and mustaches that you can just put on?
2: I uh, personally have 10, 20 mustaches that I I rotate through.
0: (sighs) Also, you need to
2: shave like every other day.
0: Absolutely not.
2: Hair is relentless, it is. It just never stops, it keeps coming. Cause if I don't, I look like I shouldn't be allowed to give candy away on Halloween. I'm that—that's the house that everyone's like, we'll just skip this one, because because le- for legal reasons. And just like, I wish there was like a button that you could be like, "Yep, I've just I've decided for my body, I would not like to grow it here, here, and here."
0: Yeah, it takes so much time.
2: And then your body like rebels against you.
0: Razor bumps. Right. Uh, you accidentally cut yourself and you're like bleeding profusely. And for some reason, that's the one cut that just like doesn't stop bleeding.
2: Yeah. Although I did expect um, to like that cliche of putting a little thing of toilet paper, a little dot of toilet paper mm-hmm. on the part of your face that bleeds when you shave. Mm-hmm. I expected that to be way more prevalent in my my adult life.
0: Oh, good. That means you're using a better razor.
2: I, I do think it's just like technology has changed. <laughs> <laughs> Next! Shampoo commercials are a goddamn lie. Shampoo commercials will have us believe that hair is as luxurious and soft when let's be real. Okay? Most of the time, hair is, is coarse and scratchy and full of nonsense. Never once have I been like, oh, look, let's feel, let's feel how soft this hair is.
0: Although I will say that our guest complainer for today is Stacy London and we are recording this after having done the interview with her and something i really noticed about her was she has very luxurious hair yeah really shiny and i was just like what shampoo does she use but also she probably just like gets better haircuts than i do possibly or maybe recently got a haircut or maybe like blow dries her hair with like a hair dryer that's more expensive than $15.
2: Right, right. I know. I really want to buy a Dyson hairdryer. I know you do. It's so silly to me. <laughs> but I'm just like, what if it made all the difference in the world? I mean, it might. But and it probably won't. What better what better time than now? While the clock is still ticking. <laughs> also, lice. Where, where do you think lice are living? Not, Not in the skin. Oh, no. In your hair. Did you ever have lice? I of bet you did. Of course I've had lice. Of course. <laughs> I didn't have lice. What? Ew.
0: You've never had lice?
2: No, I did have a different kind of bug. <laughs> <laughs> Just worse. <laughs> I had an unidentified insect in my hair. What? No, there was one You're time. You're
0: the king of identifying insects.
2: I know. Well, this is pre-Insect uh, Identifying Championship uh, in my life. There was one time we used to go to Michigan every year, uh, stayed at a cottage, and we'd swim in this lake that was disgusting. As an adult, there's no way I would go in it. Um, but yeah, there was one time where we came back and my mom was cutting our hair, as as she did. And yeah, we had like brought back some type of hair bug. But it like wasn't lice. What? I think it was lice. I think it was probably <laughs> lice so she didn't
0: say it because she didn't want you to freak out. Uh, yeah. No, my friend Aviva, when we were in preschool, she spread lice around.
2: Wow. Spread it like fire. Yeah, it's one thing to have it. It's another thing to be like patient zero in, yeah. your, in your community. Mm-hmm. We wow. all knew. Av- with a name like Aviva. How know. can you not? I don't know what that means. Um <laughs> uh, Next! Hair just gets stuck in every imaginable crevice. Hair there's nothing like hair that can find its way, maybe sand. Sand and hair are like the two things that will find their way into any possible crevice and just stay.
0: I have never felt more seen and more represented than this one very quick line in Broad City where sh- where Abby just mentioned Her long hair when she's in the shower getting stuck in her butt crack. I was like, wow, I didn't know this happened to other people, Um, but it does and it's disgusting and I hate it. And also when I was little, I had I, I don't know if like there's a hair phobia, but whenever hair wasn't on the body. Um, I would just gag and it still happens like when I go to like the gym and like there's like oh, hair God. in the showers. I just I, I gag even though I'm like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, But I still do. Also Barbies. The second the hair was like if someone like cut the hair off the Barbie or something and it was on the floor, I just like immediately I can't handle it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it when it gets stuck in other places on your body, off of your head. I don't like it one bit.
2: I can see that with wet hair. No, any, but like dry hair, any no. kind.
0: No, I just. I mean, I've gotten better about it, but when I was little, it was like any time there was just loose hair around, I was probably thrown up.
2: Yeah, I just, I just don't know where it all comes from. That's what's so upsetting to me. It's like whenever I see a, a just a tuft, tuft. Sure. A tuft of hair, mm-hmm. just just like a tumbleweed of hair blowing across my floor. I'm like, where is that mine? <laughs> Why is it black?
0: It's honestly probably from my clothes from my dog when I'm there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. It's just so alarming, the amount of hair that a human body produces. Ugh. Yeah. Every time my shower drain is full. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> There's no way I'm producing all of this. And yet. And yet, there it is. And it's in solid form. A ew. fatberg. Oh my god. <laughs> Hair is also the only substance that collects in Clumps. Except for, like, mashed potatoes, but it's Don't still... compare
0: those things. One beautiful, one disgusting.
2: Every corner of my house looks like someone spit a, a, a gum out on the floor of a Supercuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's my nightmare. Yeah, it's just... Every time I see a clump of hair, it's like, how did this happen? It's like when you put headphones, back when headphones had... Um, wires uh-huh. into your pocket and you pull it out and it would look like that. That's what hair does, but on the ground, on its own.
0: You're a poet.
2: I know. I absolutely know. <laughs> hair is also scratchy as fuck. The 48 hours after I get my hair cut feels like my entire body has been shaken baked on the floor of a horse's bed. It's just like, unless I shower... Immediately, and I'm talking like, take off my clothes, take out my penis in the middle of a super cuts and just shower right then. That hair burrows into my pores and scratches. It just scratches away.
0: I'm getting itchy just thinking about it.
2: I know, me too. Also, it just never stops growing ever. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. Until like... Death. Well.
0: Well, no. Sometimes it doesn't. Doesn't hair keep growing after death?
2: Doesn't it? (laughs) I don't want to hear that at all. (laughs) I hate that. Isn't that a thing? I don't know. It doesn't sound right. I don't. I don't think that's right. Does hair grow after death? Your brain, uh, your body. It needs. It needs food.
0: The short answer is no. But what about the long answer? Also no. Oh, It's
2: like the momentum of it keeps propelling it out.
0: No, it's because after death, the human body dehydrates, causing the skin to shrink, and the shrinking exposes the parts of the nail and hair that were once under the skin, causing them to appear longer than before, said Dr. Doris Day, a dermatologist in New York City and an attending physician at Lenox Hill Hospital, also in New York.
2: All right, that's fake. Doris Day. Really?
0: Because LiveScience.com says otherwise. <laughs>
2: okay. Um, there's just parts of a body that shouldn't have hair. Uh mainly most of them. Mainly all of them. I think the most alarming part for you not to have hair is the eyebrow. That you like least expect it to look weird when you don't have it there. Yeah. You make that mistake once. First time I shaved off my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember I remember the first time I shaved my face and it was it was Easter. <laughs> we were going to like Easter. right before
0: a bunch of photos are going to be taken
2: no we don't take family pictures <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we were going to a church the day before Easter and um, my dad helped me shave my face but I think it was his fault because he pressed so hard with an electric shaver that I got such bad rabies it felt like my face was set on fire by satan himself.
0: Can I tell you something that I haven't told anyone else except for my sister who I was embarrassed to tell? Oh god. The, I didn't know that you were supposed to pluck your eyebrows. So, and I had like a razor, like a razor to shave. I was probably in like 5th grade or something and I definitely like shaved in between my eyebrows with like a regular razor because I didn't know that you got rid of hair there from plucking. No one told me.
2: I mean, yeah, that's fine.
0: No, it it didn't look great. And my sister was like, <laughs> What happened? And I was like, I just like motioned and she was like, Oh no. And then she was like a good big sister and explained how this works.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the only reason, well, part of the reason that you don't do that there is just because it's, there's no, it's too small of a space.
0: Right. It's too big of a razor, and you end up shaving more of your eyebrow
2: than you're supposed to. Oh, Hence that's the shame. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just meant it was yeah. It was the the choice of instrument. and not the effect of said instrument. No. Anyway, the combo. And finally, hair has just never been the sign of something good. No. Nobody. Nobody's like, oh, look at that hairy spider. As if it's a good thing. A a hairy situation. A hairy piece of bread. (laughs) Which is not a saying that anyone uses. Well, no. Yeah. I remember, um, yeah, we accidentally uh, opened a thing of Twinkies and then left them in the cupboard, (laughs) which are words that nobody has ever said. And then I took them out and they had a bunch of white hairs on them. Molt. Mold. Mold. Mold mold grows in hairs yeah sprouts spores what do you
0: think the hair on your head is mold yeah
2: it's just a mop of mold Mm -hmm. a big old mop of mold the point is hair is disgusting and it shouldn't grow and i'm resentful for it but also i want more of it on my head and not in the places where i don't want it Anyway, that's it for this week's deep dive. Next up, we have stylist, fashion consultant, author, magazine editor, host of What Not to Wear, and Love, Lust, or Run, all-around icon, Stacey London, is in the studio, coming right up. I haven't opened a bottle of champagne in a while, so I'm a little- Where's your saber? (laughs) I I, I left my knife at home. I have faith in you. Alright. <laughs> Not totally terrifying. Yeah. Here you go. Thank you. I'm gonna top myself off. And then I will top you off. <laughs> okay, great. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers. Miss Stacey London. Mr. Palisai. <laughs> I'm
1: so happy to be here.
2: I am so happy to have you. We have been flirting on, on Instagram for months. We have
1: for months and yeah. months.
2: I mean, but I was such a huge fan before. I mean, the fact that we started flirting i I told everybody i know <laughs> i I'm so honored I remember I think I was like lurking in the comments of one of my my videos on Instagram at some point, and i you commented on something and I was like, Oh oh hello <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we started chatting, and um finally, here we are in one room together, getting to to share a drink, yeah, I think we started
1: dming right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know you commented on one of my uh one of my Instagrams with
2: Lynn Manuel. Oh, that right. was like a mo- that yeah. was a moment. That was a big moment <laughs> for me. <laughs> I do remember that. yeah. yeah. So we like to start by asking all of our guests, uh, and I'm not even—I haven't even really introduced you because you need no introduction. Oh, that's so kind. <laughs> it's Stacy fucking London. It's Stacey fucking London. <laughs> so we like to start off by asking everybody what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves, right? And we were agonizing over this together.
1: I know. I really—I put so much thought into it because there.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that, though. There, you did the homework. I
1: really did. I did the homework, and there were there were two. That I felt, and I so I'm not sure which one you want me to go with. Sure, um, both. Okay, so uh, the really big one is rom coms. I I, <laughs> I, I I cannot stand a rom com movie. Yeah. I, I I'm, there are a lot of actresses associated with rom coms that I love a great deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but rom coms in general, as a genre of movie, uh huh. If I went to like Netflix and I went to a genre, I would never. Ever. I mean, I would go to foreign films before I, <laughs> I ever which, went to yeah, a rom-com. Yeah, well, rom-coms
2: at this point are like the Netflix genre, too. It's awful.
1: I've never seen Love Actually. You would have to like <laughs> literally tie me down with
2: duct tape. It took me a while before I actually saw the entirety of, of Love Actually. Because it is like five-hour feel... song. Oh, God. And there's a hundred characters. Who
1: cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> what do you mean, Love Actually? First of all, I don't even understand. Is there a comma in that? I don't understand. (laughs) I just, there is something, um, you know, it's such a terrible lie. To, the, to tell the American public about yeah. it. And this whole, you know, this kind of keeping of of the, you know, the ongoing lie that we, we pass down to generations, particularly to women about, you know, you know boys being nice to you, mean to you is like a, a way that they like you or right. that there's a happy ending or, you know, I'm much more interested in, in, in movies like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where you have those great lines where it's like a happy ending is a story that just hasn't been developed. <laughs> Finished yet? Right. Um. And just because I, I, I feel like life is so much more complicated. Like that. Yeah. It's just the Cinderella bullshit
2: is just annoying to me. I mean, I go back and forth because on the one hand, like I'm a sucker for like a rom com moment. Right. Right. <laughs> but also like, like fantasy. I want to buy into the fantasy. That's why. Well, so do
1: I. But that's why, in like, real
2: life, I'm like, oh fuck. Right. Everything the, is fake.
1: But that's why, I like Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica, like yeah, that's fantasy. But the
2: true. <laughs> the true. Rom-coms, uh, <laughs> true rom-coms. Kiss your sister, and yeah, I don't know. I don't. I've seen Star Wars like once.
1: Right, kiss your sister. Exactly. I was like, where are you going with that? I I didn't say anything about incest, but no, I I see what what, what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, yes, I get it. Han Solo and and um, Princess Leia. It's not like they don't have a rom-com moment, but right. You know, it's not about that. It's about you know good versus evil. It's about you know the force. It's like
2: that's. That's movie making. I don't care about rom coms. <laughs> I was reading. There was some. I don't know the Daily Mail, like those types of. of oh yes, uh, that, was, that I follow that on, on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there was some story that quoted one. It was like some sex expert in the UK whose <laughs> suggestion was the perfect couple's gift is like a free one one time cheat pass for like a so you you gift your significant sure. other like a I pass go go you can cheat on me once <laughs> and i my <laughs> in, my impression go. yeah my impression reading that is like what the fuck how is this but also like i think deep down i'm such like a romantic and I, am. even my, my therapist at one point was like, you are shockingly like... <laughs> your therapist was like, look, you need the cheat pass. Um, no, <laughs> that's she, a- no, she no, no, was I'm just teasing. like, you need to let this idea go that there's like one perfect person.
1: I, I'm on the side of your therapist. <laughs> just <laughs> only, destroy only, my dreams. I'm that's sorry. We're here I'm for. sorry. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I just, I have a few years on you. And yeah. I feel like and a few, probably <laughs> a few relationships. But yeah, you know, look, I don't know about the... Cheap pass thing. I I have gone. Uh, yeah, it seems I like have, a lot. It well, I've just gone through so many. Um relationships, so many people. <laughs> uh, let me just the say amount let, of let thoughts me get, the amount passed. of thoughts that we just went through that. <laughs> but you know, the thing is I, I have had so many different opinions about, about open relationships. Truly. Yeah. I definitely I did a show called Love Luster Run. This was after What Not to Wear. Mm-hmm. And I made over or or, you know, I collaborated, that's what I like to say. Uh, with a with a young woman who was uh, polyamorous. She was married in a polyamorous relationship and she told me that the best thing about polyamory is that if you look at any polyamorous person they have much better skin than the rest of us. <laughs> so interesting just just side note if you like have, you know, acne, right. you might want to consider polyamory. Yeah. But one of the things like I dated this guy for a while who was like you should read Sex at Dawn. You should read The Ethical Slut. So okay, whatever. <laughs> Here's the thing. I mean, if we really want to get down and dirty and technical, if you read Freud, Civilization and Its Discontent. Sure. The thing about monogamy is that we really need the family unit to keep civilization together. At this point, the Earth is like, we're, we're dumpster fire. So I say, polyamory, go for it. Makes you happy, knock your socks
2: off. Right. I don't discount it for anybody who who, who has what it takes for it. Exactly. I we just d- don't think I'm stable enough. <laughs>
1: I mean, jealousy is a real thing. Right. I get jealous
2: of people who I have no idea I exist. And so, like, I need to work on that first. I think that may take a
1: while. <laughs>
2: <You> <laughs> probably just want to stay closed relationship. Just stick with yeah, what you know. I always preface that in therapy. I'm like, I just want you to know I, I recognize this is how I feel before I've even really gotten into this <laughs> relationship. Like, I recognize it's far too early for me to be feeling this way. But. It, Here we are. You know what? Here we are. And also <laughs> self-feelings book. Self-awareness is everything. That, oh, I think I'm pretty self-aware. Yeah. Um it's just that, yeah, this the self that I'm aware of it's is crazy. Fucked. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I still feel self-awareness, whether you're crazy or not, is you're ahead of the game. Yeah. It's just when you don't know you're crazy, that's when you wind up in, you know, stalking someone. Right,
2: yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so rom coms. <laughs> so
1: rom coms. I hate rom coms. I'll tell you the other thing that I hate that is um that, you know, this is very divisive. This gets people up, you know, gets them a little hot and bothered. Okay. Is iced tea. Oh. Now, I'm pretty sure that's because I'm a Jew. <laughs> I, I, well, there's it's a, a lot very of... country club thing. It iced is a... tea. Yeah. It's Arnold a broad category. Palmer's, which, if you think about it, is very hard to say. I have a lateral lisp. <laughs> Arnold Palmer.
2: I hate it. It's brown water. Are you talking about like, uh, it's like a sweet iced tea or just any tea that has been any chilled? Any tea. Of any kind, okay. A sweet
1: iced tea—you might as well drink sugar water. <laughs> yeah. I don't even I understand. Say, yeah, Ugh.
2: like southern iced tea, sweet tea is like you're. There's basically not tea in it. You're just fucking up water with sugar, <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> and also, I am born and bred in Manhattan, New York. Sweet tea. I, there's nothing southern about me. I, as you can tell from my accent, and I am uh, country club culture. Also, not for me.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think I've been to one country club. I had a very uh, wealthy friend in college whose parents, his dad was like a VP at an oil company. Oh, oh. so, so when you, I, got,
1: <laughs> you got Southern culture and country club culture.
2: Yeah, so it was like, literally I like, it was one of my first times ever on an airplane and I went to visit him in college and we his his parents had to call the club to make sure I could show up in shorts because I hadn't packed any pants because I was going to fucking Houston in the middle of July.
1: Who thinks about pants?
2: I didn't realize I'd have to be showing up at a country club.
1: And also just to, just to that's like probably the first time in years I've said pants. I usually say <laughs> a pant.
2: Oh. Yeah. I, I bring out the basic in you. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> I'm just—I'm 50. I'm a basic bitch now.
2: I, what is the what is the difference for you?
1: Uh, it's a joke. It's really very funny. It just came up again on on social the other day that it, throughout the years of what not to wear, there were always jokes made that um, Clinton and I would say things like a pant, a uh-huh. shoe, and people would be like, "Why don't you just say pants or shoes?" <laughs> I don't know. I I just sounded classier. Yeah, I, a is. pant, a shoe, a trouser. I don't know why. But I but I say it's the article that makes it a singular. Right. Otherwise right. it's
2: pants or shoes, but if you say a pant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you distinguish between a a single pant and or just a pile of pants? just
1: by that, the article. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you, you, can. you need to say it like that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's my feeling.
1: So iced tea. I, I was oh, a, so you, I'm sorry. We, I interrupted you. You went to Houston. You called ahead. Yeah,
2: that was that was okay? it. was got the okay? They allowed me into their, yeah. Into their, their
1: establishment. And right. did you, in fact, drink brown water? I am pro- I probably did. I, I don't mind brown liquid, like if it's whiskey. <laughs> sure, yeah. I'm, I'm a all fan of for that. that. Some
2: Kentucky iced tea. Yeah. I love Kentucky iced tea. I, um, yeah, no. No, I liked. I like iced tea. I think I was. I'm like a recent convert, though. I mean, I also am not a fan of. Uh,
1: am I allowed to say a brand name here?
2: Oh sure, yeah. Snapple.
1: <laughs> I love <Suck> Snapple. <laughs> fuck Snapple. I, I'm sorry if you guys
2: want to pay me to do any kind of like advertising. <laughs> right, that's I, different. But I'll like anything if the money is right.
1: Snapple is like fake iced tea.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I hate iced tea.
2: I, I grew do. up, I definitely grew up in a household where, like, I thought stuff like that was like that was tea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I say constantly, like, my mom's idea of vegetables is like boxed mashed potatoes. Yeah, that is, I grew in up our house, too. it was like, yeah, eat your vegetables. And that's why, I mean, that's like Midwestern. <laughs> Yeah. yeah,
1: I did not grow up in the Midwest. I grew up in New York City, but but also because I grew up in the '70s, it's when all of that food just came out. It was like it was like a br- it was like polyester. But do you, you know thought, what I mean? It was know. like brand new. We thought it was fabulous that everything came in a box. You had to like walk
2: around at least in Manhattan. I, I like, did. Yeah, I did, I did in I the
1: '70s when it was like I don't know if you've seen The Joker yet, but I have. That's no, no. Oh well. For for all of you who have seen it, that is really no exaggeration of what New York City was like. I thought it was magical. I was five years old. I thought it was incredible that there was all this artwork on the subway. But um right. I look back at it now, I really didn't feel that way. I grew up in Greenwich Village. I lived on Bleecker Street. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was magical. Yeah. Um I used to run around naked in a sprinkler. We lived in NYU housing. Um my dad was a professor there. And I just I just remember it being this like Magical bubble. Like I did not realize that sort of Manhattan was on fire. Yeah, <laughs> I I didn't feel that way at all. Right, it right. didn't occur to me.
2: I, there, there. I think the the generation wars have finally have come to a a, a boil. Yeah, yeah. And well, I just I, think tensions are are hot right now. <laughs> they, <if> are,
1: <laughs> they are. They they are right. They are very high. And 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 I think a lot of that has to do, frankly. I mean, I feel like I'm right. I'm not a millennial, but you know, because I'm still a Gen Xer. so i I do think that the the boil has become the the difference between everything being the same from the time of the industrial revolution to now which is the technological revolution. So yeah. I I call it pre and post Facebook. Like right, right. that's really now all caps. All caps exactly. <laughs> but it is the difference between like life as we knew it uh-huh. really like you know these young whippersnappers you still had a way of life that was like completely understandable even if it was with, with, you know, sort of new things like refrigerators and microwaves and like push button phones. But it is literally been blown up there. We don't yeah. eat the same way. We don't date the same way. We don't work the same way. You don't need an office. You don't you know, we don't look in for apartments. Nothing is the same. Right, right. And I think that has just. Blown up every convention that we know.
2: Yeah, I know. I was I was doing my my research before you came here, mm-hmm. and I saw you. You did another interview recently where you talked about the the death of the expert. Yes, and it, it, that reminds oh, me. Oh, you of did. That. Th- yes, I, you I did. Really. <laughs> Um, Which is true, because there isn't really like a monolithic, this is the way that things are done. Right.
1: I mean, you don't need 10,000 hours of shit to do shit. Mm -hmm. Except I, I, because I keep saying that, like, in 2002, when I started reality television, Mm -hmm. quite by accident, really. But I'd been a fashion stylist for 13 years. So... I had my 10,000 hours of experience, right? But that was how-to television. It was how to dress or, you know, how to excuse me, style a, a room or your house or whatever. right? And, you know, cut to this rise of the blogger. And I remember people telling me at the time, bloggers are getting agents. And I was like, how can they have agents? They don't know anything. You know, <laughs> they're just talking out of their ass. Right. But but then I realized, like, what that's what the arc was. We went from this how-to culture to Me Too culture. And again, I say that with no disrespect to the hashtag Me Too right. about that that very important shared experience. Mm-hmm. But that is, in fact, what I'm talking about, is that shared experience became much more important than expertise in an area. Right. So it's rather than saying, you know, I can tell you how to dress your body. We started to care about... Wow, I like the way that person dresses. That's my taste. Right. My taste overcame this idea of I can tell you how to dress. Yeah. And that became a much more um, important and shared kind of language. That's the difference.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, then
1: now everybody's a celebrity. You don't need you don't need an expert to tell you what to do.
2: Just a microphone in a studio
1: <laughs> and an Instagram. Really, right? Don't
2: don't come for my career, okay? I'm a,
1: Listen, I mean, I could, I could, I could say that that's what sort of happened. Like, don't come for my career, bitch. But but I don't see it that way. I see this as evolution. I yeah. see this as sort of. In a way, this is what happens with trends, right? Right. I mean, it's like you have to evolve. It's sort of Darwin. It's survival of the fittest, right? What is it? What is the way in which people want to be
2: communicated to? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm trying to go through my, like, I guess, like, Marie Kondo is sort of the modern, but it's like we don't even accept like experts. She's like a a goddess. (laughs) Like, and I also, I, I, (laughs) your face when I said her uh, name. (laughs) I mean, it's it. First of all, I
1: just want to say I've already said in your closet, your clothes should you know satisfy one of two things: utility or joy. You can look it up. (laughs) But aside from that, trademark, okay, right. (laughs) But it's, it's not just that. I think that we're taking the idea of the condo effect a little too far. I think the idea of decluttering everything is leading us down the path of sterility, uh, and I don't just mean in your closet, I mean in life, it's like yes, we want simplicity, but what about you know meaning, <laughs> and if you don't have things that you're that have been put there with intention, yeah, then I think we're really losing out a little bit, so I think there's going to be some backlash, yeah oh Marie, no offense. <laughs> Uh, But and I also believe in sustainability. So I do think that, you know, all this stuff that we're getting rid of all this stuff that's being like handed down to charity. Guess what, people? There's nowhere for it to go. So you want to be also well-intentioned about where you put things and how you place things. So Mm -hmm. clothing swaps, item swaps. These are these are. Actually, kind of important ideas.
2: Yeah, I don't know what to do with any any shit that I have.
1: I just got real on your ass. I just want. <laughs> I just want everybody to know it ain't as simple as a condo. Okay. <laughs> I know. I haven't. I haven't
2: processed all of it. Quite yet.
1: Well, wait till my next <laughs> special. No, I'm
2: kidding. I, I don't know. Call me. You Netflix. can come to my apartment <laughs> and, yeah, you could do the Stacey London version. Version. Of, yeah, exactly. Switching wildly. So we, we started Go. talking beforehand. Um, you posted it on Instagram about. Yes. Um, What was intended to be an Instagram about you giving away some some heels, but actually (laughs) was an Instagram about your very wild week.
1: Yeah, it was a really crap week. (laughs) I will tell you. So I posted an Instagram actually this morning that I wrote on Saturday. So it also sounds like the days were off. It was a week ago this past Saturday that I had come back from Chicago. I gave a speech in Chicago um, and I was visiting my mom and my sister. It was very cold in Chicago and I totally wasn't prepared for that. Any kind of wet or cold, any combination sets off. uh, I have psoriatic arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease. Um, So I was struggling with my arthritis there. I came home from Chicago, and the day after, I was rushing around. I was actually in a really good mood, because even though it was warm and wet when I got back to New York, I was like, at least it's not freezing. And I was transferring light weather jackets downstairs, thinking, oh, it's going to get colder in New York. Uh-huh. And I uh, have a staircase in my apartment, and I missed a step, and I slipped really hard. Like just one step, but I went tumbling and I have had major spine surgery in 2016. And I flipped in such a way that I landed so hard on my neck and my back that I I, I cry thinking about it right now. I was so scared that I had really, really injured myself Mm -hmm. and that I couldn't move. I was so frightened to move and think, I broke something or I hurt something or that I wouldn't be able to move something, that I was just crying. Yeah. But I was fine. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I thank my lucky stars and I am very grateful for that. Right. What wound up happening was that any kind of blunt force, anything that causes physical or true emotional stress. Yeah. Causes an arthritic attack. Mm -hmm. So the worst part of instead of just being bruised and banged up was that I got such a bad arthritic attack that I really had to look at all of my shoes. Mm, yeah. And all of the really, really beautiful high heels. Right, right. The, the very narrow shoes. hmm I had to, like, scoop them up with my arthritic arms and my, you know, arthritic fingers and drag them into a car and take them to my friend who has a beautiful designer consignment store on Atlantic Avenue and give them up. Yeah. And It was really painful, only in the sense that like half of my adult life has been wearing them. And it was like saying goodbye to that phase of my life. Right. And I am not about being sentimental. (laughs) So I wasn't going to be like, I'm going to hold on to them because one day I'll wear them again. Really? At 65? Good luck with that. Good luck with that, Stace, because your arthritis ain't going away. <laughs> and I also had this kind of remarkable feeling of both sadness at saying goodbye, like, really admitting to the fact that, like, 35 isn't coming back. Right. But also this idea of I, those shoes meant so much to me. And they're still—most of them are in perfect condition because that's how I am about a good shoe. Right. A good shoe. <laughs> um I want them to go to a good home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're giving your children away. I want them to be taken in by good families. Right. Um, and then there was this kind of amazing sense of freedom in in letting go, in saying, like, I'm not going to be this person anymore and I'm going to go get some dope.
2: Kicks, which you are wearing. I am. Know. I'm wearing. Yeah. Well,
1: I am wearing these rubber wedge booties yeah, from Clarins. Yeah. So it's not like I'm just like. I'm, there's no giving up. On, I mean, it's not like I'm like. Kick, you know. But the response, though, to a post like that is so fascinating to me. Yeah. Nobody really cares when I post like, look at my shoe. <laughs> now everybody wants to talk about those things. Right. Yeah. Which I find really. That's the. That's the great side of social media.
2: Yeah, yeah. For the most part, I don't think you use the word hate on Twitter a whole lot. Um, Mm. Except about the administration, probably. (laughs) Right, right. True, true. But the few times, so you hate Halloween. Uh, I I do. I hate Halloween. (laughs) Because bad things happen
1: to me on Halloween. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I...
2: It's <laughs> a dark day, personally. It is.
1: It's a dark day. It yeah. is a dark day. Bad things happen. Bad things, <laughs> and they're usually romantic and bad things. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So I've learned my lesson, right? Right. It's just stay home. Don't on trust. Halloween. Yeah. And like this year, this year was the arthritis. It was the it was the arthritis. <laughs> the arthritis kept me home.
2: Well, also, Halloween this year was like fifteen hours. It was like it went on forever. It was not load. hour. It was like months. And there were a lot of children. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I just—I live was, in
2: Brooklyn. There were a lot of children. Yeah. There.
1: When did I uh, did I use hate for anything else besides Halloween on Twitter? You said I do hate a
2: paper bag waste. I do. I hate it. it just, what is a paper bag waste? So
1: it means that. So it's when a pant, <laughs> um, literally, overflows. So right. Instead of okay, stopping at the waist, right? It's like you put a belt there, and then it's like got extra. Right. 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 Um, it just—it's not flattering on anybody who has any kind of tummy at all, right? And it—it it was a very, not that everything doesn't come back again, but it was a very '80s look. I associate it with like a very '80s things.
2: Um, all right, well, we're, we're running out of time.
1: Oh, that makes me sad. I, I feel like I could sit here forever. I
2: know, me too. Well, we can we can continue our our personal bitch session. Offline
1: at Infinite. Yeah,
2: but before we let you go, where can people find you and 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 your work on the internet? Yeah, my work Just around.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> my work about falling downstairs um, <laughs> is on Stacy London Real. My that's my yes. handle on Instagram. I am working on a few things, but I I really have to say. I am at a weird crossroads. Yeah. Like it is, I, I I wish I could say like I was. I have been working on a book on aging and style, um, and I am working again on this idea of intergenerational mentorship, either as a show or as. Even some kind of agency. Yeah, I I just don't know what that's turning into either. But I am I am starting to speak more again. I'm starting to do more things, and you will definitely hear more about it if you follow me on Instagram, like Jennifer Aniston does. So <laughs> humble brag right there. Well, thank you so much. Matt, this thanks was so much for having. So me. much fun. And just just one last thing for everybody who ever wanted to know leggings are not pants
2: because if they were they would be called pants all right we're almost there we're almost at the end of the show but first our chasers chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier starting with the tv shows we've been watching this week barry what you've been watching
0: i started enlightened have you heard of this show
2: I know the poster.
0: Yeah, I ha- I like didn't really know about it, but it's what I think it's like from 2011, uh, so it's not super old, but not all that new either. And uh-huh. it's only two seasons, and it's an HBO 30 minute comedy, love uh-huh. a 30 minute, and uh, it stars Laura Dern, and she has like a nervous breakdown, and that's how it starts. Um, and so I watched the first episode last night, and I loved it, and I'm very excited to keep watching it. So that's what I'm watching. That and Watchmen. Nice, yeah. What about you? What are you watching?
2: I have been watching. I said this uh, the first season when I watched it. There is a Mexican soap opera on Netflix called La Casa de las Flores.
0: Mm-hmm. Fla- you just like to watch it <laughs> so that Spanish. you can say
2: that <laughs> House of Flowers. Um, that just they came out with the second season of it. Oh. Uh, so I've been watching that. Um, as always. Highly recommend watching it in the original Spanish with Mm -hmm. English subtitles and not dubbed in English, where it looks absurd. Anyway, so that's what I've been watching. What is your non-TV chaser?
0: My non-TV chaser is something that uh, I've been working on and I talked about Watchmen last week and um, I'm very excited because I had the absolute pleasure of making the official Watchmen podcast. Yeah. Um, and I've been flying back and forth to LA a lot for it, which has been fun and it's hosted by Craig Mazin who we did the Chernobyl podcast with and Damon Lindelof, who Very casually uh, also created Lost and Mm -hmm. The Leftovers. He also is doing Watchmen. So it's a conversation between Craig and Damon, and it's been a lot of fun to work on. And it's just, I I really like doing it. So it has been making me happy to make that show. So that and... My mom came to town yeah. which was very exciting. I it was my birthday present to her even though her birthday was in June. I was like <laughs> you're going to come to New York. You're retired like you can do it. Dad doesn't ha- I mean obviously I love my dad and want him to come to I want him to come too but I also wanted to have like a a mama daughter weekend in New York and it was so fun and lovely and I don't think we've really had a weekend like that before where it's just the two of us so nice yeah so what's your chaser
2: Well, I guess I have a couple. One um, is also a podcast. I've been listening to a former guest of Unhappy Hour, Akilah Hughes. She has a new podcast um, with a guy named Gideon Resnick from Crooked Media that is a just like once a day daily roundup of the news podcast. I've been trying to listen to more news podcasts in general yeah i do hate the part of me that's like oh there's drama happening in the news <laughs> even though there's like drama every day it's just like real life shit and now it's like impeachment <laughs> so i do i'm to check that impulse and keep up with the actual news every day mm-hmm. um but that is a great i like i like What's a it nice called? it's called what a day and it's a nice like yeah 20 minutes or so every every day that's like a roundup of the one or two biggest stories and then the couple of big headlines so I've been listening to that um which is a free podcast so I feel better about saying my second chaser which is again just something I've spent money on (laughs) which is that I bought a stand mixer (laughs) oh yeah you did (laughs) Because, yeah, my baking obsession is now um, official. I have officially been watching enough baking shit to fully commit. And, yeah, the few times that I tried to make stuff without one, I was like, this, I can do it. But also um, my forearms hurt. So now I have a stand mixer and I, yeah. Have I, you used it yet? Yeah, I used it once. I was going to bring them, but also then I was like, I was feeling gross over the weekend, and I don't know if I want to bring the product oh, of yeah. my gross cookies. Yeah. And I burnt like half of them.
0: Okay. But how is using the stand mixer?
2: Amazing. Right? Yeah. It's great. It it was so fast.
0: You also, it's very easy to make bread with a stand mixer.
2: Yeah, it does come with a nice little dough hook. mm mm-hmm. um, I know. I would love to make, I mean, I'm starting small, and I got a cookbook sent to me by a listener slash um, the winner of the first ever season of the Great British Bake Off. What Ed Kimber, who messaged me on Instagram and sent me his cookbook, which is like all the the like classic bakes that Ooh. you. So I need to like go through and learn how to do. all... Well. I would love to know how to like make a macaron. Oh. Uh, I, br- I should probably start with, like, you know, a cookie, <laughs> which I have been. But yeah, so I've been baking. I'm going to make an apple cider whoopie pie.
0: Ooh, that sounds amazing.
2: Yeah, I'll make those. This I'm week. around. Well, you're gone, so.
0: I'm here over the weekend.
2: Then this weekend, perhaps. Yes. Ooh. And that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Elena Schwartz, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss Sperman and Max Winski. Music by Homsdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai and you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Oh, bye bye Dump, bump, bump, You don't know how I feel. You never know how I feel. I don't know that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh.